You are listening to Strip Talk Podcast, an educational podcast that discusses unpopular opinion about us, you, me, the society, and culture. And to tonight's episode, enjoy. All right, with me this evening is a wonderful, amazing, and inspirational gentleman. His name is Kyle Jetzel. I'm so happy to have Kyle in the studio tonight, and you're going to find out why shortly. In October of 2021, Kyle Jetzel lost his wife of 30 years and the mother of his six kids. She died suddenly after a brief illness. For the next six months, he documented thoughts, ideas, and stories and combined them into a book titled Facing My Biggest Fears, 180 Days of Surviving and Thriving After the Death of My Beloved Shelley. Kyle is one gentleman who has been through hell and back and still has a top 1% happy family. He's going to tell us more about that. And oh, he can show others also, how to thrive through life-altering tragedy. And that is why we have him here on the show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen in particular, please let's make welcome Carl Jetson. Hi, Cindy. How are you doing? Hi, thank you. It's a very rare privilege to have you join me on the show tonight, Kyle. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here and chat with you, Cindy. You know, I saw your story and it really piqued my interest. And I said I couldn't but get to know more about you and how you're thriving through what you've been through, which I know will help a lot of people also going through the same thing that you've been through and you're still going through at this stage. So could you briefly tell us what your experience was like losing your wife? Well, that's a heavy question. You're starting off pretty, pretty solid there. So, you know, my wife uh, previously in our marriage had a couple of different health issues that we had worked through together. Mm. Um, but when she got sick, she got really sick really fast. And uh, when they put her in the hospital, I knew kind of inherently I felt like this might be real trouble for us. Wow. And so I I remember, you know, sometimes when you're faced with tragedy, you know, you pray to God and you look, you ask for help and you say, hey, please heal her. Or, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of different things you start to do whenever you start to face these tremendous things in your life. Right. And I think we've all done this, right? We start making deals with God. We start... Mm-hmm. We start counting all the ways we've done good things and say, hey, mm. I've done all these good things. Just do this, this one thing for me. And we but as as uh, as time passed and she was in the hospital for a few days, I realized there may be a good chance that she would not make it. And I had this feeling come over me that I'm, I might lose her. This isn't something you want to tell everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not something you want to, you know, call your mom or. Or, uh, you know, tell your kids, hey, your mom's going to die. I mean, it's just not something you really want to do. Right. But I do remember feeling like I needed to prepare my kids. Uh, And so I I think a a couple of days on a, my wife passed on a Monday morning or a Monday afternoon. 
And I remember uh, on that that Saturday night prior to that, I called my all my kids to my house. I have two of them that are married now with wives. Okay. I called them all to the house and I asked them to come over and vi- visit. And I, and I think in my own little way, I think I prepared them and I talked to them about how, you know, my wife and I had faced difficulties before in our lives. You know, uh, I won't go into the details of all of those things, but she had faced some some tragedy and some difficulty in her life prior to us marrying, and I had too. Mm-hmm. And then together we had faced. Um, some difficult experiences with our two sons that are on the autism spectrum right. and some of the stress that goes along with that. And I told our kids, I said, you know, oh, we're all going to face things that are difficult, but we have a choice. Mm. Right. And when those, when we face those things, we can, we can get bitter and we can angry, get angry and we can get discouraged right. and we can curse God. Mm. I said, or we can, we can turn to him and receive the peace and feel the love that he has for us. Right. And I said, and I told my kids, I said, no matter what happens with your mom, that is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And if, and I, I would hope you would join me. I would mm-hmm. hope that you would. And, uh, and I think my kids, you know, they, I think they knew that was what I would do because I think that's what my wife and I had modeled for them. Okay. During our lives, when things got really hard, we would turn to God or we would right. you know, look for uh, we wouldn't get bitter and angry and mad. What we would do is we would, you know, kind of sit down and think through it and ask for help and then map out some sort of a plan mm. to, to face those trials or those tragedies and do it in, in it with as much joy and in, in a spirit of hope as we could. So, mm. Wow. That is one tough experience because, I mean, nobody, I'm not sure if people ever, we don't get prepared for grief, do we? Because <laughs> it, it it hits people differently. So, yeah, there are no experts on grief and all, but, you know, let's talk about afterwards. Um, yesterday, while we were discussing, you, you mentioned something about visiting the cave cave of grief something like that to paraphrase but yeah. not staying there so right. how do you snatch yourself away from that hole because you know let's face it sometimes there is a tendency to just want to remain there even though it's not a good feeling but you just want to just stay there how do you get yeah. yourself away from that especially as a man yeah well first of all i think we should should probably realize that it's really a natural thing for us to, when we experience grief or tragedy, mm-hmm. it's a natural thing for us to feel justified in our pain right. and suffering. Mm-hmm. And I think what can happen to us is because we feel justified in it, mm-hmm. you're right, it doesn't feel good, but it's, uh, but it's almost like we we feel like, it uh, trials or pain or tragedy deserve mm. sadness, deserve suffering, and they deserve pain. Mm. And yeah. so I think sometimes what can happen to us is uh, when we when we start to go there, it's it can sap our energy. Right. It really is exhausting. It, mm. it's, it's exhausting, and and it can lead to this cycle of 
you know, going down a rabbit hole is what I call it, is when you start to is when you start to feel the pain or the suffering, mm. you feel justified in it because you love. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. Your love. Mm. You only you only feel that pain because you love so much. Right. Mm. And so it becomes easy for us to say uh, my pain should match my love and my love is really, really big. Mm. So mm. my pain should be really, really big. So it's OK mm. for me to go with this down spiral down this this mm. rabbit hole of pain and suffering but what it can do to us is it can really sap our energy right. and just take away our light mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. i personally believe it's a way that the devil uses to 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 take us away from the natural joy and mm. and happiness that god wants us to experience so right. i think we should start there and just say don't we shouldn't feel bad when we when we catch ourselves falling into that trap, hmm. you right? know, what? and I think there's a little bit there's a time for it too, right? Go ahead. Because there's this I don't know if one can call it guilt that could make you you know just stay there, and this can lead people to start doing uh, well. Will I say um, having vices, right? maybe getting drunk or taking drugs or just doing things that you would naturally would not would not do for men who are in such situations because they're losing it they can't take it anymore what would you say to them as someone who is also breathing yeah i think that's a way to numb that pain okay right and and what we're doing when we take drugs or or do alcohol is we're just trying we don't we we know that pain is there and we don't know how to escape it sometimes. Mm. And so I think many people will want to numb that pain. Right. Right. They feel justified in being in that pain and then they feel almost feel justified in numbing that pain. But one truth to me, there's there's one absolute truth in this world, and that's pain. You cannot argue pain away. You cannot uh, negotiate with pain and suffering. Mm. It is there and mm. we feel it. Right. So for for me, what I, I realized very quickly, and I had learned this years ago, is that everything we do starts in our minds. Mm-hmm. Even our suffering and our pain starts in our minds, right? And I'll give you a quick example of the, how quickly you can change your your physical and emotional state, mm-hmm. right? right? So let's say that you're struggling. Uh, let's say you've lost a loved one and you're struggling financially and you're having all these problems. Mm-hmm. And I come to you and I'm I'm uh, a benefactor. And I say, hey, you know what, Simi? I've chosen you to receive $10 million. Mm. Okay. Right. Now, you might question this, but if you realize it's real, if you say, wait a minute, what? You're going to solve. <laughs> you're, you can almost immediately, mm-hmm. you would change your state. You would say, you know what? That solves all my problems. Mm. I feel so much better. Right now, the reality is I have not handed you that money, Mm -hmm. but you have received it in your mind. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And you stand up straight and you start to smile and you start to (laughs) you start to be relieved of all this tension and pressure in your life. Right. And the reality is I haven't given you anything. Mm -hmm. You just think I have. Right. And it wipes away all your pain and suffering. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think and I think we've all done this on occasion where we felt bad or we felt pain or struggle or 
and somebody has come to us and and just brightened our day right just by talking to us and really that it, it's not the stimuli that does it it's your brain how mm. your brain is thinking now right right Right. And so years ago, and I had this experience one time where I was feeling horrible and I had to be at work doing something. Mm-hmm. And one of my coworkers asked me to participate in something that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm really not feeling well. And I passed this time and my coworker said, no, I really need you this time. And I said, OK, I'll do it. And I stepped into it. And within a few minutes, I was standing up straight. I was smiling. I was happy. And my uncomfortable not feeling well went away completely. And he said to me, did you see what just happened? And I said, what? And he said, how do you feel? And I said, I feel great because I'm right. And it, and it was all in my mind. It was nothing yeah. more than me thinking, I have decided I'm going to feel great because I'm doing something I love. Right. Right. Mm. And so I decided years ago that if other people through a third party stimuli could make me feel better, why couldn't I decide, you know what? I'm going to decide that I'm not going to stay in this state of pain or suffering or and we've all done this. We've all had days where or weeks where we're struggling through a trial. Some days we feel good. Some days we don't feel good. Right. Right. And on the days we don't feel good, we say, well, this is pretty normal because I got a lot of going on. Mm-hmm. On days we do feel good, we say, oh, I feel good. And I'm going to go right. out there and I'm going to do my best to rule the world. The only difference is what you've put in your mind and what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so years ago, I decided that there's to condition myself to to I, I call it and I have a little a wristband on here that has D you can't really see it, it's embossed. Mm. But what I initially did was I grabbed a rubber band and I wrote W A I T. Mm. And that stands for what am I thinking? Okay. Yeah, what am oh. I thinking? Mm. And I would snap it all day long and I would say, What am I thinking? What am I thinking? What am I thinking? And I conditioned myself to be conscious of my thoughts. Right. Right? Because too many of us walk around and we let our minds wander and we let the world determine what we think. That's true. And the, really the only thing that what I see is so many people, the, the hardest thing for them to do is control their minds. Mm. But that is absolutely the only thing that you have complete control over wow. in your whole life is your mind. <laughs> but so, yeah. Wow. So many people don't control what's going on in their minds. And so it, it leads them down, down these paths that can be difficult, right? Mm. So I decided a long time ago, I'm gonna I'm gonna be conscious of what I think. Mm. And I'm gonna direct what I think in all circumstances. Right. And so uh when my wife passed away, it would have been and it would have been very easy for me to, to go down that rabbit hole and to say, should I have called nine one one earlier? Should I have mm. should I have helped her be more healthy? Should I have mm. you know what did I do wrong? Could she ever mm. forgive me? You know, mm. you go down these really scary places. Right. It's all my fault. She'll never love me again. Mm. Our family is ruined, right? You can really run down these paths and those paths will lead you to hell. Mm. They will definitely, right? Right. And so what I decided to do was be very conscious of my thoughts. And if I had thoughts mm. that I knew would take me away from goodness and God, right. I was going to replace them with mm thoughts that would lead me towards goodness and towards God. So I actually put together a, a worksheet that I'd like to give you. Wow. Let me share, let me send you the worksheet first. Okay. Okay. And I've got 
I'm going to, I'm going to put it in the chat first and then I will share my screen. How about that? Okay. That works. Okay. So this is the worksheet. Okay. Okay. Got it. So to preface this, let me just start by saying I'm a, I'm a person that writes things down. Okay. And I like to map out a plan, Mm -hmm. right? A plan of attack. (laughs) I don't like to, you know, you talk, you talked about, we can't prepare for tragedy, right? right? Mm-hmm. But I, I personally believe that we can prepare really? for tragedy. Yes. And here's what, I, let me tell you what I mean. Before I share okay. my screen, I'm just going to tell you what I mean by that. Okay. So after my wife passed away, mm. um, I would, everywhere I went, I was married to this woman for 30 years. Right. Right. I was mm. married to her longer than I was not married to her. <laughs> so the most of my life was spent with my wife, right? Right. And and over the years, we had gone through ups and downs in our marriage, but we had created what I like to call a top one percent happy marriage. Great. So so she and I that. were she and I were so in love with each other, right? Mm-hmm. And when she would walk into a room, I would light up. Wow. And 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 it was beautiful. People would see that. Mm. And they would say, wow, what we we went to one time to uh to change our banking account information from one bank to another. Right. And as we sat in front of the banker as she was doing this, my wife and I were just chatting and just, you know, enjoying our time together. Mm-hmm. And it took about 15 minutes. And when we were done, the lady that was working with us, she said to us, she said, Are you guys newlyweds? And my <laughs> wife started laughing. And my wife said, No, we've been married 25 years. And the lady said, I've never met a couple. The only I, I meet a lot of couples that are newlyweds that are like mm-hmm. starting over second marriages and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you guys, I can tell are so in love with each other. And I said, we are. Wow. Right. And it's because we had worked so hard to create this. Right. Mm. And so everywhere I went after she passed away, there were reminders of her. Wow. Right. There were places I went that I had never been without her. Right. There were grocery stores I had never gone to without my wife. There were parks I had never gone. Right. And so everywhere I would go, there were reminders of my beautiful wife. Mm -hmm. Right. I remember one time I walked into a a grocery store and it was a gentleman had a big bouquet of flowers. And I used to buy my wife flowers once a month because she loved flowers. (laughs) And I saw that bouquet of flowers and it reminded me of her. And I just broke into tears. Wow. Right, hmm. And, you know, and this was happening to me everywhere I went. I would go to the grocery store and I would see an old couple right. walking through the grocery store hmm. and I would, I would break into tears because I wanted to grow old with my wife. Hmm. Right. Hmm. And hmm. so everywhere. So I, I realized very quickly once it happened to me once, right. I, I needed to prepare myself to face that. And so I would come home and I would say, okay, when I go to the grocery store and I see flowers, <laughs> I should probably prepare myself to be hit with this wave of pain. Right, right. 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 And so I, I think what happens is too often we face tragedy and we struggle through it. Mm. And then we just wait and we hope the next one doesn't happen. Yeah, right? because who who would want it to happen, really, Kyle? Right. But we, we should probably understand that things are going to happen. Right. We shouldn't really sit back and wait for pain. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. That's what life is about. Life is about us overcoming these trials Mm -hmm. and growing and learning. Right. But we all stand back. Oh, I hope nothing else happens to me. Well, (laughs) guess what? 
it's going to happen to you. Wow. Right? Things are going to happen to you. So so I decided when things happen to me, I'm going to go home and I'm going to write it down. Mm. And I'm going to create a, a plan for addressing these things in the future so that I'm not shocked by it. Mm. We shouldn't right. be shocked when we have difficulties. Mm. So right. I'm going to share my screen now and I'll share you what I put together for uh, for our family. Okay. This is called Good Versus Evil. Okay. And you can see uh, across the top here, I have, uh, here's a link to my book for everybody who's watching or sure. listening to this. this we'll drop it in book. the caption, yes. Okay. Uh, and then this is good versus evil. You know, I, I just said this, the number one thing people don't seem to have control over is their minds, but that's the only thing we can truly control. Mm. Uh, and there are ways of thinking I believe there are ways of thinking that can lead us to success mm. and there are ways that can lead us to distress. Right. right. And to me, distress is, again, it's natural, but anything that takes us away from goodness to me is, is takes us towards evil. Now, mm. a lot of people don't like the idea of saying like that some have, of these things are evil. You can't have a, it's either black or white. It can be gray. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people don't like that because they, they want to, they want to feel like discouragement or, or, you know, frustration is, and, and that's okay. We all have those things. They're natural. Right. But if we stay there, it drives us away from the goodness. Right. Mm, so what true. I did was I came home and I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make a list of, of emotions or thoughts right. that will take me away from God and goodness. Okay. And on the other side, I'm going to write a list that's just the opposite. Okay. Now, sometimes this takes time, right? Right. You have to you have to think. My my son came to me one day and he and he said to me, Dad, I feel guilty. Hmm. And I said, What do you feel guilty about? He said, I think mom is disappointed in me because I didn't treat her kindly all the time. Wow. Right? Hmm. And so I said, Okay. So we went over and we grabbed this piece of paper and we wrote guilt. Hmm. And I said, This is something that's gonna drive you away from goodness and God and the love of your mother. Hmm. What do you think is the opposite? And he said, I think the opposite is is she would be proud of me. Mm. I said, that's perfect. So we wrote in, she would be proud of me. Right. And I said, so your job is to focus on things that will make her proud of you. Right. And he mm. said, I can do yeah. that. And he smiled and, and he ran away happy. Right. right? And so right. what we were able to do is take these painful emotions mm -hmm. and just flip them and create an emotion that allows us to be moved closer to God and divinity. You know, right? I, there was something you said, which I really like. Uh, or, you know, I observe from this um, good versus God, goodness versus devil, evil. Like the example you just used now, which is the guilt. The guilt could mm -hmm. be something that he did in the past, right? But you're focusing right. on what he can do in the present and in the future to make her happy, to make her proud of. Absolutely. Which, yeah. Which is very but, profound. But but guess what? Guilt is natural. It can make us, and it's, and it, we should have guilt sometimes. We should feel guilt for things we've done wrong, right? Right. But if we live there, if we live there, mm -hmm. we get ourselves in deep trouble, right? Because we're right. incapable of, of moving forward and being happy and being joyful because right. we're living in the guilt. So right. yeah, you're right. I think he is to, is to, is to live in these good emotions. Again, we're yeah. going to have to visit you know, you know, God is going to allow the devil to tempt True. us. We're going to visit, but. And I think too many of us. Too, yeah. Too many of us believe that he'll tempt us with 
robbery or murder mm. or these horrible things. Right. When in reality, if he could tempt us with some sort of, you know, bitterness or anger or disappointment, mm. he can move us away a little bit and, right. and get us down this path. True. And that moves us away from God and goodness. Mm-hmm. And he can get, you know, slowly and surely he can start to get control of our minds. And so we feel true. justified in those things. So and true. then we're, and then he starts to drag us away from the beauty and the joy and the light right. that we, we all want to feel and that God right. wants us to feel. Right. Great. Um, wow. Time is really against us, but I'm hoping we'll be able to finish. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the emotions, right? Expressing your emotions as a man when you're grieving. Um, also, I'll make reference to something, the, our conversation we the conversation we had yesterday where you said look i express my emotions but it doesn't take me away from my masculinity or something like that could you go over that again you know i've i've heard someone before say and i, I can't remember who but he said i don't see you know these the the tears and the you know the pain and suffering as a I don't see it as a non-masculine emotion. Mm. I see it as an expression of love, right? I also believe in, in masculinity. A good man is not a weak man. Mm, right. A good man is a really scary man who's learned to manage himself very well, right? Well, could you repeat that, please? <laughs> <laughs> I said a, a good man is not a weak man. Mm-hmm. A good man is a, is a really scary man that has learned to manage his emotions, right? Wow. There's no virtue in being weak mm-hmm. and kind. Mm. There's tremendous virtue in being really, really scary and kind. Right? <laughs> a good man is a man that can knock you out if he needs to, but he doesn't because right. he is in control of himself, right? Mm. And so I think. You know, growing up, I, I played a lot of sports and was very physical and I boxed for a few years. So right. uh, there's this, there is a rage and an anger inside of me, right? but nobody gets to see that. I hold that inside and I keep it. That's the bad Kyle that really doesn't do the world good, mm. right? But if, if, if it all got really tough, you would want me to protect you. Right. Because I... I am serious. Right? I don't mess around. I'm a serious guy. Right. <laughs> I right. I laugh about this because I know I know who he is and my family knows this. They know that if something that I'm a protector and a provider and that is who I am at my core, mm. but they know I'm also I'm also I manage those those uh scary things. I manage the animal inside of me mm. so that I can give them the love they need. And I right. think you know, it's it's too many men think I shouldn't even have that. I shouldn't even be a, a masculine man or have that animal inside because that's just wrong. No, mm. it's not wrong. Mm. If, if it all goes down, we need animals to protect <laughs> and provide. Right? That is so true. But, but we also we also need to be kind and gentle and wow. loving men, right? And so I think there's too many men think I have to be an animal, mm. and that's what a man is. Mm. And, I, and I agree. Mm. But I also agree it takes a lot more courage and strength 
to manage those emotions in a way that allows you to, to produce goodness in the world. Because you're not going to scare somebody into being a good person, but mm. you can love them into being a good person, right? Right. Wow. And so I've always believed that, that um, I've always believed that people don't, when people, when you lead with fear mm-hmm. and when you lead with, uh, you know, with dictatorship and when you lead with commands, people, people feel controlled and they want to escape. Right. But if you with kindness and love and compassion, people feel empowered. True. And they want to, and they want to, they want to be the very best they can be. Right. Right. So as men, we have to, we have to be animals, but we have to learn to control those things mm. and really have, have great control over that part of our, of our humanity. Right. And it's a hard thing to do for men. But also when you learn to do that, you can also learn that it's okay to, to feel those emotions and express them when they're, when the time is right, mm-hmm. you know, um, but not to everybody. I still don't, I still don't, I'm not going to share. I'm not going to just throw all my stuff out there to everybody. Right. right? <laughs> Join us next week for the concluding part of this episode. Trust me, you do not want to miss it. Don't forget to share with your family, friends, and foes till then, my dear friends, God speed and keep well. 